yeah, resolutions are, are temporary, like diets, fast results. That's all temporary. Lifestyle changes forever. So having that mindset and thinking about it from that perspective is going to propel you further down the road and not just get you the quick results and have you fall back right where you were come February, March, whatever. My name is Leif Arneson. My brother Anders and I are on a mission to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. We firmly believe that the more healthy and fit vegans there are in the world, the faster veganism will spread. Let's work together to inspire change, spread compassion, and challenge the status quo. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that we are currently hiring for several positions at the Vegan Gym. So if you want to do meaningful work that transforms lives while saving animals and our planet, head over to our website, theveganjim.com, and click on careers in the menu to check out our open positions. Since we're an online company, all of these positions are 100% remote and any vegan from anywhere in the world is welcome to apply. Again, simply head to theveganjim.com and click on careers in the menu. Now back to the episode. Hey, what's going on? This is Leif, and today I've got my brother, and we have Jake, our team's creative director, in the podcast studio, which is Anders' new living room. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty barren here, but we're about to get a couch. We're about to fill some stuff up here. Listen, this is a great podcast studio. We're sitting in front of the fire right now. We got some frost going out on the grass. We have a nice view of the golf course here. This is nice. It is a lot better than the apartment, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> lots of natural light. We don't have the black uh, black curtains up because of uh, filming. Oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. It, that was, uh, I call it the dungeon uh, with everything up. Yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> so we are gonna have a pretty awesome conversation today about New Year's resolutions. And our goal with this episode is to help you make this year the last year that you ever set New Year's resolutions. And I think it's, I think setting goals at the beginning of the year can be a great thing. And I do endorse that. So what we're really talking about here is the idea of constantly setting these kind of half-assed ideas about changes you want to make in your life that you just verbally commit to a few days or weeks before January 1st. And that's a cycle that the majority of people fall into. And they set the same resolutions every single year because they never get anywhere. Or they might make it a few days or weeks or maybe even a few months, but then they fall off, they go right back to their old habits and nothing long-term actually changes. So yes, setting goals in the new year is can be a really great strategy. That's something that I like to do. But there's a difference between setting concrete goals and backing those up with true lifestyle changes and setting some resolutions because your friends are doing the same thing. So that's really, that's the difference. And that's what we want to talk about today is just getting clear on how to get out of that cycle when it comes to setting the same resolutions and actually start making tangible progress towards the person you want to become. So that is what we're going to be talking about. And I think it's really, I'd like to start by by just reinforcing the fact that you do not need to 
be setting New Year's resolutions. I don't really, I don't even like that word. I, yeah. I think it's, I think the, it has the right kind of intention, but it's been misused and people just fall into this trap of getting a little pat on the back when they write some things on a piece of paper the day before on New Year's Eve. And then that's it. They get a little dopamine hit. And then a few weeks later, everything has faded and whatever. I'm back to my old ways. And hopefully next year is going to be different. So what do you guys think about that? I think I understand why it excites people. And I understand why uh, people look at it as a, as a fresh start because it's the new year. And I, and I think majority of people that set new year's resolutions have very good intentions and desire that change to happen uh and it's and it's exciting because there are typically you do it with people around you your friends your family and so forth um and it's the only time of the year where most people are on board with you and understand you and accept what you are choosing to do so you don't have resistance that you have throughout the rest of the year uh, but I do agree. It's like it, you, once you, once you kind of get past that point of not fearing judgment or, or achieving your goals and building that momentum, uh, you start looking at New Year's resolution in a different sense because then you realize, Hey, I should always be on it and I all should always be working towards goals. Um, and it's kind of like it's, it's a resistant point right in the very beginning of a health and fitness journey. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, because I see New Year's resolutions as kind of the, I don't know, collective time in society where everyone is reflecting. They're reflecting on their life. They're reflecting on the past year that they've had. And when you do self-reflection, a lot of times, if you're not where you want to be, that's when you think, hey, I should probably make some changes. And so for me, the key to, you know, kind of having long lasting, quote unquote, resolutions or just a healthy life in general is to constantly be reflecting. So throughout the whole year, you know, I think it's more important to be reflecting during those times so that you're not coming into January 1st, just completely from scratch from the start. So obviously I applaud anyone who is trying to make a change in their life, no matter when they are starting. But I think it's just really easy to kind of get caught up in this, you know, Oh, New Year's resolutions, uh, kind of hype that goes around every year. And I think with that energy, because everyone's doing it is also the energy that most people do end up failing. So just to start, I would say, Hey, you know, before the new year even starts, start thinking about your life, start thinking about things that you want to change because chances are the longer you have those thoughts, the more likely you are to actually take action instead of just like you said, life quickly thinking about something and then trying to make it happen in a couple of weeks. I think most people just use resolutions as a form of lip service to their goals. And I think that's ultimately what pushes people down the wrong path. And they just get caught up in this cycle of like, there are good intentions behind those desires. There is good energy there, but they are not focusing on a longer term perspective and they're not truly, most people don't truly put in the work to getting the clarity 
that they need around their goals and the habits required to ultimately accomplish that. And then just putting in the work and actually making real changes instead of saying, oh, instead of, I think people set New Year's resolutions and they they do it kind of last minute and then and then it's uh it's January 1st and I'm like, "Oh, I said I was going to the gym. I guess I uh I need to go find a gym pass or like where's the closest gym? Okay, I'll go there. Okay, what do I do at the gym? Uh, uh I have no idea. I'm just going to like, oh, lift this dumbbell. Am I doing this right? I have no idea. I feel weird. Okay, I'm not doing the same work." So, it's it's really just kind of like all last minute. It's just you're, you got the intention there, but you're not really going, you're not really willing or you're not demonstrating a willingness to actually take action in, in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's 100% right because it's most people are coming off of Christmas, New Year's parties, uh, gatherings with friends where they're just going all out, drinking alcohol, eating whatever they want. And then New Year's rolls around. It's like, oh, I guess I should start this resolution. There's no plan. There's no thought around, hey, how can I actually make this happen in a sustainable way? It's like you said, oh, let me just go to the closest gym and get on the elliptical for two hours and starve myself. Like that's probably why most people fail is because they are not going in with a plan. So you got to have tangible action steps that you can take and start from a more sustainable, more planned place to actually be successful with this long term. You cannot go into a resolution just off the whim and expect to be successful. Well, I think something that I always like to put myself into other people's shoes because I've actually have never set New Year's resolution uh, ever uh, in my entire life, uh, just because I think that stems from just having discipline and consistency with health and fitness ever since I was 16. But the way that I, I look at it is I don't think it's necessarily like people are purposefully trying to do things last minute. Um, I think people do think about New Year's resolutions and I'll just classify that as goals for the majority of the year to an extent. And they're thinking about these changes and they are just saying, Oh, I'll push it off until the first, which I don't agree with that, that mentality. Um, but they haven't, for most people that do that, haven't really experienced any type of success in their health and fitness, or they have never really achieved a specific goal that they felt proud of. So then with all that, they don't even understand what needs to go behind preparation for them to be successful. So every single time that they jump into it, they, they just, try to do things last minute, not intentionally, but because they just don't know how to do it. And I think that's something that has really created kind of this half-assed mentality around New Year's resolutions and created this herd mentality is people just are trying to do a very uh, uh, complete a similar goal when the entire herd doesn't even know what step one is. Yeah, And it creates this just like this hoorah mentality, which is fantastic i think that's a great like support and community aspect to it but it's just like there's just no action that follow that allows people to follow through with it and that's why over time new year's resolution has just become more of a destructive thing than a constructive thing Uh, and it just leaves people in this feeling uh feeling of hope 
instead of success. And people are forever chasing that success. Yeah, I think that that's such a great point. And for anyone who's listening who may be in that boat, you know, what the things that I was saying, I don't mean to throw shade at anyone. Like you said, if, if you don't know any better, then that's okay. Everyone's on their own step of their journey. And the great thing is if you're listening to this podcast and you're feeling that way, then you've already taken a positive step forward of wanting to learn how to do this better. So, you know, hopefully you get a lot of value out of this episode because we are going to give tangible steps. We are going to give you the ideas and the kind of action plan around what you should do to make this sustainable. So uh, that was a great point. I, I will say, though, if if it's something that is reoccurring and you keep on doing the same thing every year, it, it, it does become on you and it does become your fault if you continue to allow yourself to get the same results. So I think it's kind of like a, a compounding thing here. Yeah. Well, so let's dive into like what if someone's listening to this right now and maybe they are they are in the boat. Maybe they've they've tried resolutions before. Maybe this is their first year. Maybe they just have goals in general. What is the first piece of advice that you would give someone to actually achieve their quote unquote resolution? Let's call it a lifestyle change, because I I would say that a resolution is, you know, not the way you want to be looking at this. But regardless, what is the first step that someone should be taking? That's exactly what I was going to say is just is shift your mindset (laughs) around around what what you're actually trying to do. But the, the question is, how do you shift your mindset, though? I don't when think that, was a, that wasn't the question. He said, what's the first thing you would do? So I would say focus on shifting your mindset around what you are trying to accomplish. Okay, so more of just like the, the action that you're wanting to do. Shift your mindset from setting New Year's resolutions to committing to building long-term lifestyle changes. Okay. Yeah, I would say something similar and I would I would communicate it a little bit differently in the sense that I would just say start now. The the reason why you start now is and it like these goals, it there are multiple things that are needed to to be done in order for you to be successful with them. So start piecing and taking baby steps forward um, in some area of your health and fitness or whatever uh, area of your life that you're trying to to better. Uh, and do something and build upon that every single day. And you're going to see the, the the power of compounding habits and routines. Whereas if you try to do everything at once, you're going to be completely overwhelmed and feel like you don't have time. And that's something that used to be such a challenge for me is I used to think, oh, let me just drop this and pick this up. And then it should be like a plug and play type of thing. And it would always leave me in a, in a position where I felt stuck. And so I build small things and add small things on a day-to-day basis to make me a better version of myself than yesterday. And that's what I focus on. And I don't really, I have an overarching goal, but I think, how can I, how can I get one step closer today to get, so I ultimately reach my goal in the long run? I I think off of that, I agree with both of you. I think that you need to start now. You need to take action. You need to take small steps. But your mindset is the foundation of what you're trying to build. And I don't care if you're putting one brick at a time. If you're putting it on a foundation that is not sturdy, it is still going to collapse. So I think that you really need to lock in the mindset of what are you actually trying to achieve here? Are you trying to achieve losing 20 pounds in two months? Is that your resolution? 
I would ask deeper questions because that is what's going to be long lasting. It's not, hey, losing 20 pounds and all of a sudden I'm happy. It's like, no, ask yourself, who is the person that I want to be? What kinds of things do I do? What kinds of things do I eat? You know, am I happy with myself when I look in the mirror? What does that person look like? And get yourself in the mindset of I want to change my life. I don't want to just lose 20 pounds. I want to be here for my kids. I don't want to suffer a heart attack that, you know, heart disease runs in my family. Things like that, I think is such an important thing to start with because then when you come from that mindset, it's not thinking about how do I lose 20 pounds the quickest way, starving myself, going to the gym, all these things. That's building that, you know, all those bricks on the wrong foundation. But if you have the right foundation, then all of a sudden you're thinking about, oh, I'm serious about this. How do I actually do this the right way? You know, I, I, I would actually ask, add a question there and ask you, it's like people want to lose weight, but we're, we're, we've all been in health and fitness for a while. So we know that there's always a deeply rooted reason why they want to lose weight. So if someone's continuously failing uh, and doing New Year's resolutions, they there is going to be some sort of, uh, there is going to be understanding as to why they want to lose that weight. So I think a lot of that thought has been a thought already, um, except they haven't found accountability to hold themselves to it. And they, they latch on to the surface level side of things. And so I think it's more of acceptance at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, but I also think that kind of in society, what's pushed is just the way that your body right. looks. Yeah. So it's not really, like you said, Unfortunately. It, you got to have the, yeah, you got to have someone like, you, you almost have to express your goals to someone who truly understands and cares about what you're doing, who is going to really connect with you on that level versus just, you know, a random Facebook group that maybe is just, I don't know. Right. No, doing, I, I, doing totally, the newest I totally agree trend, with that. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So yeah, what we would like to dive into now is talking about our seven tips to make this your last, the last time that you set New Year's resolutions. So as I said at the beginning, our goal is really to uh, shift your perspective on this time of year and make sure that the, the changes you want to implement in your life actually stick in 2023 and beyond. So with that, let's dive in. Jake, you want to share tip number one? Yeah. So like I kind of previously touched on, the first tip is to shift your mindset. Instead of trying to set a New Year's resolution, think about setting a lifestyle change for yourself. And again, this really comes down to asking yourself, who is the person that you want to be long term? Don't think about this from the perspective of, oh, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds in two months. And what's that going to feel like? Think deeper. Think about what the implications of changing your life are actually going to mean to you. Is it so you can be here for your kids? Is it so you have less pain every day just moving about? Like, what does that mean to you? And you need to get into the mindset of, I need to change my life. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. This is not about how you're going to feel in three weeks. This is about how you're going to feel for the rest of your life. Yeah, I I love just getting a lot of clarity around what do I want in my life? Who do I want to become? How do I want people 
to view me? What kind of example do I want to be setting for my partner, for my friends, for maybe my kids? What do I want to see when I look in the mirror? I think these are really important questions to help start shifting your mindset from, oh, you know what? It would be nice to lose 20 pounds and everyone else is doing this. And so I'll just jump in and yeah, January 1st, okay, this is this is real. I'm going to get started. I think thinking bigger picture and saying, I want this to last. I want true lifestyle change here is the first step to breaking free from the cycle of setting New Year's resolutions and saying the same ones every single year because you're not actually making progress. Yeah. Yeah. Resolutions are are temporary, like diets, fast results. That's all temporary. Lifestyle changes forever. And I would assume that that's what most people want. I would assume nobody wants to lose 20 pounds, feel great for a little bit, and then go back to their old life. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants to feel the way they want to feel forever. So having that mindset and thinking about it from that perspective is going to propel you further down the road and not just get you the quick results and have you fall back right where you were come February, March, whatever. I will say in the beginning of my health and fitness journey, the uh, the thing that was most difficult is I had those thoughts and I had dreams, desires, and um, I I wanted to achieve these things, but it was hard to accept the, the the journey that had to be made and to understand that it was going to make me lose things presently um, in in many good ways of growth. But it's hard to view it in that sense because it looks it, it appears as challenge and adversity. And so it's just like the the switch in that that mindset from, hey, I am who I am today versus who I want to be, it's hard to start visualizing yourself in that sense because you haven't taken any action steps. And so it's just kind of like you have to have a lot of um, self-seeking talk to, to yourself and with other people. And um, it's, it is something that's challenging to come to terms with at times, but it also is extremely exciting and spark and, and is a pivotal point in your life. Well, that kind of rolls perfectly into the next point because I firmly believe that action comes before belief. No matter how you're looking at it, what goal you're trying to achieve, chances are you're probably not going to believe it right away until you actually start taking the action steps and getting those wins and seeing those results. And so, yeah, it may seem scary and it may seem like there's this huge journey in front of you, but the first thing that you have to do is just take that first step forward. And so the second step here is to set obtainable action steps. Yeah, uh, you need to have a concrete plan of action. Like we were talking about earlier, if I think the the main reason that people fail at their New Year's resolutions from a purely tactical level is that they do everything kind of last minute. The intention is there, but then it's the morning of January 1st and they said, oh, I was going to go to the gym today. And you don't have a gym pass and you're just kind of uh, looking up online where the closest gym is. And then you drive there and sign up and then you try to go find some workout clothes and you don't have anything. So you go to the store and you're not really sure what to buy. And then you buy something, you go to the gym and then you don't have you you didn't build an action plan behind 
those changes. You just said, hey, this is what I would, I'd like to lose 20 pounds and I, I know I need to be eating better. I know I need to be going to the gym or moving my body in some way, but then it's kind of all last minute. So if you fall into that cycle, it's no wonder that whatever 90% of people, 95% of people fall off their New Year's resolutions within a month. Yeah. Because you didn't put, you you don't actually have action steps. Yeah. And then if they do, if they do have a plan that they make themselves last minute, what it typically is, is doing everything all at once and trying to do too much. It's going from nothing to I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week and and restrict myself with all my eating and it's give up all my favorite saying foods. zero to 100. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, so I think those things go hand in hand. It's like, yeah, you need it. You need an action plan. But that action plan also needs to be sustainable and you need to start small. Yeah. You can't change your lifestyle overnight. So you need to understand that it's going to be a process. Yeah. I, I think going off of that, a good way of viewing it perhaps is saying instead of having the zero to a hundred mindset where you're going from doing nothing to everything and you're doing crazy amounts of exercise, you cut everything out of your nutrition that you really enjoy eating and you just say this is supposed to be hard this is what it is i'm going to accomplish my goals this time is different i'm a different person you i do believe that you can shift your mindset overnight but going from a couch potato to david goggins is <laughs> is not is not going to be is not going to have a good outcome yeah. so if you have a more long-term mindset and say Okay, I if you truly want to get to a hundred, then you say, "Hey, I'm starting January first, twenty twenty three, and my goal is to get to a hundred by January first, twenty twenty five." And you say, "I am going to start. I'm, I'm going to go from zero to five. I'm going to start. I I'm going to set a a daily step count of three thousand steps." I'm going to eat five servings of vegetables every single day. I'm going to drink half a gallon of water. I'm going to sleep for at least eight hours every single night. You start with this and then you lock that in and you you choose these tiny little steps that are so easy, you don't even have to think about it really. You can easily make a, a tiny little shift in your habits. And then a month down the road, you're like, okay, I've been crushing it for the last four weeks. I'm going, I'm going to bump it up a notch. I'm going from five to 10. And then it's, I'm doing 6,000 steps every single day. I am going to eat half of the dessert that I typically eat. I, or I am only going to have it once a week. I'm going to eat those, keep eating those uh, five servings of veggies every single day. I'm going to incorporate uh, oatmeal and I'm going to eat oatmeal instead of pancakes or skipping breakfast or anything else. I'm going to start eating oatmeal. I'm going to continue doing my sleep. I'm going to start looking around for a gym membership and figure out what kind of 
exercise routine I want to be following. I'm going to start doing some research. Maybe I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to start building up to that. Okay, great. You lock that stuff in. Next month, I'm going up to 15. I think that's the way better mindset around this. Yeah. I, I'm all about intensity. I'm all about drive. I'm all about grit. I love going hard, but I've also been doing this over a decade. Right. But you can also have intensity even with small things. And then because intensity, um, I would also kind of put it in the same realm as kind of intent. Because when you have intent behind something, you are going to bring the intensity to it uh, and follow through with it. I think a really special, uh, a really important question to ask in that sense is a lot of people get f- confused as to what small thing do they commit to. Although you did mention uh, things that are fairly simple, um, some people might look at a few of those as complex uh, based off of where their starting point is. And so the the way that I like to communicate it with people that I, I, I talk with on a regular basis, it's um, factor in what your lifestyle is currently what your commitments are, your family, whatever it is, uh, and the amount of time that you have. And within the amount of time available time that you do have, what can you get done? Because when you're able to think about it in that way, then you hold yourself accountable because you know for a fact that you can see it through and then you have the time for it. And then that becomes your own accountability source and it holds you true to that. And then when you start seeing how easy it is, then it uh, continues to build upon it. And then you can put it to 6,000 steps. I, I agree with the main premise that, you, that you're bringing up. You, you should be working this into your schedule and putting thought behind what your schedule looks like. But let's be honest. Most people have, most people have a couple hours of free time every single day. That no, they, that that they is choose true. to spend scrolling through TikTok on their phone or watching TV. Okay, that's fine. You, you can do that. But my point is, viewing it through that lens, I, I might say, okay, well, I have three hours. And, and someone could say, okay, I have three hours, so I'm going to work out for two. I'm going to meal prep for half an hour. And then I'm going to go on a run for half an hour. So they could fill that time with stuff aligned to their goals, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's, I just want to get clear on, I'm not sure that's the exact right mentality. You need to build into your schedule, but just because you have the time doesn't mean that you should fill it with action steps aligned with your goals. I think it's all relative to me. This is the way I view it is that uh, see what your schedule is, what you can fit in. And like you said, honors, where are you starting from? What is going to be those attainable steps for you? Yeah, that might look completely different from one person to the next. So I think that you just got to get really clear about what is reasonable and what you can obtain with the time that you have. And then, yeah, you build off of that. Um, it's, it's like you said, you can get to that person who maybe does want to go to the gym six days a week. That's probably not going to happen, you know, in, unless you're someone who's been doing this a while. But I mean, you look at, elite level athletes, they did not get there overnight. So it's possible to get to that, that place. But this overall, this is just about starting small and just doing something that you can achieve and build off of. And the beautiful thing about this is that these small things, eventually they become easy enough where they become habits, right? And then your habits eventually become your goals. 
Because it's great to set goals. You have a roadmap for yourself of where you're trying to get to. But your habits is ultimately what is going to get you there. So if you focus on building these habits over time, it is not only going to get you to your goal, but it is going to set the baseline and the standard for achieving future goals. 100%. And that's a that's a great segue into our next one, our next tip, which is focus on your standards, not your goals. And I actually view standards and habits pretty interchangeably. So th- there's a slight point of distinction between them. Basically, standards are your non-negotiables. This is, it's like your your commandments, like your personal commandments. This is the stuff that I hold myself to. This is who I am. And I do not deviate from this because this is the person I am. And I'm continuing to want to become more. What's, what's your standard that comes to mind when you think of that? I do everything to the absolute best of my ability. And I do it to the best of my ability the first time. Like that's, oh shit. That would be, that'd be an example. When it, comes, when it comes to, when it comes to working out, I, I tell myself, Hey, being, you don't need to hit every single workout, but you can never n- not work stop out. working out. You yeah. can never, okay. you can never, deviate from a life of fitness. So essentially it's just see it through kind of. I I'm committed to consistency. That's yours too. Yeah. We were just talking well, that's about that's what we were talking about the before podcast. the podcast. We're and talking you- about this. And I said, <laughs> he's like, what's one of your standards? And it was like a hard question for me because I wanted to say something practical like, oh, you get sleep. And I was like, honestly, throughout my life, my biggest standard has been resiliency is that no matter how many times I fail, no matter how many times I fall off, I will always, always come back to fight another day. That is being resilient. It is the ability to bend and return to the original state. Yeah, I I relate to that a lot. Yeah, because I've yo-yo, throughout my life, my personal health and fitness journey, I yo-yoed for many years of, I would lose weight, I'd get ripped, and then I didn't do it in a sustainable way, so I I would fall back, but even after I would gain the weight back, I would always come back to it. It's like, I, I never completely stopped. I always continue to say, hey, health and fitness is gonna be a priority in my life. And over the years, what that has allowed me to do then is build sustainable, healthy habits and know how to do it in a way that makes sense for me so that I can just keep you know, in shape year round. But it took me a while. So that's why resiliency is, yeah. that is one of my standards because I've seen how it has just helped me grow as a person. Right. So Yeah, I love that. So standards are kind of like internal, your own internal accountability. It's a form of accountability, but I think I think viewing it as as your commandments is probably well, it's more powerful. It's probably in that sense. more along the lines <laughs> of what we're trying to explain here. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I I love that, Jake. I think I think probably my biggest standard is is just I. Yeah, I love what you said. I I I relate to that a lot. Um I I really I am committed to growth. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big one for me is I am always seeking opportunities for improvement. And I I think lots of people view my mentality or have in the past and think that I'm just never happy or satisfied. 
that's really actually not how I feel. I feel, I guess to, to steal the Christian Guzman line, like I feel proud of what <laughs> I've accomplished, but I'm not, I'm never satisfied. It's a, it's a great saying. And, and actually for me, I am in a, I feel like I am in a very healthy place with that mindset. I think lots of people hear that and they think that's way too intense or they think that I'm not going to love myself or whatever. I, I feel I really vibe with that and I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a really good headspace with that. I think there's a, uh, a positive way of uh, talking about where you're currently at versus a negative way. And it's like that, that mantra or quote kind of encapsulates uh, the positive side of it where you're, you're critiquing yourself, but in a way of self-improvement, not self-destruction. Yeah, that's well yeah. said. Yeah. And, and you find, uh, I love just saying like, find love in the work, find love in the journey, find love in the process. Uh, oftentimes you get to a goal and you're not, you don't get the satisfaction you think you're getting, but when you look back on the journey, that's when you can feel proud. And that's how I feel is like, I am just, obs- I don't know if I want to say the word obsessed. I don't know if that's you know a healthy word to say, but I mean, that's kind of how I feel. It's just like, I very much deeply love the process of growth. And that is what fulfills me. I think there, I think it's a healthy word. I think that's a very healthy. Used, used in the right context, like the one you are. And not everyone's going to agree with that. And that's okay. But I, I also agree. I yeah. think, I think that's, I think being, being obsessed with, with growth and never wanting to be average, that just, that really aligns with, who I am and who I want to become. Anyway, so the the tip here is focus on your standards. And like you don't need to you don't need to resonate with anything we're saying. Set your own standards. Set standards that resonate with you. Set things that really excite you. That's what this is all about. It doesn't who cares? Like I could adopt other people's standards uh who I might want to emulate, but that that's doesn't mean that's going to be a productive or healthy thing. You'll define it your own way. <clears throat> exactly. So focus on your standards, not your goals. So I guess just to really define the difference between standards and habits, I'll use one of the examples that we were just talking about. Uh, one of my standards is a complete commitment to continual growth. And through that lens, one of the habits that I that I uh, practice is I am reading every single day. I read every single day. Um, it's uh, sometimes it's it's listening to audiobooks, but I consume podcasts, I consume audiobooks, and I read physical books like crazy. I spend at least an hour on average every single day doing that. And when I'm when I'm doing the dishes, when I'm driving. Sometimes when I'm working out before I go to bed, I am I'm picking up five minutes here, 15 minutes there. That's how that's how I am constantly consuming new thoughts and ideas. And that I've been doing that for um been doing that for over over 10 years at this point since since college. And that's had a monumental impact on my life. So that's that's a difference. That's just uh, some clarity around the difference between standards and habits. They're 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 interlocked, but 
but there's a difference there. So what are your non-negotiables? What are your standards? And then once you set those, ask yourself, what kind of habits do I need to stop doing so I can actually be in alignment with my standards? And what habits do I need to start creating to be in further alignment with my standards? I just, I, I want to quickly interject because I'm, I'm thinking about the statement that I made that may come off as a little strong to some people just being obsessed with growth. And I did not get there overnight. And I am thinking now of one of my standards, which has been for probably since I was 23. So maybe the last eight years is that every single day I am consuming content that allows me to grow my mindset in a positive way that is somehow related to growth mindset. So whether that's listening to a podcast, and one of my favorites is Ed Milet, uh, some of those guys, it's just like I have continuously consumed this content every day. And what it has done is it has completely changed the way that I look at life. And that has spread to every area of my life, not just fitness, not just health, but how I show up in my relationships with other people. And my dedication to that as my standard over all these years has allowed me to become obsessed with the growth because I've seen how it has changed my life in so many positive ways. So I want people listening to this to not be put off by me saying I am obsessed with growth, but that has been one of my standards and it has built over time. And now I live a life that I love. So I just want to be very clear about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right, that's tip number three. Tip number four is don't restrict yourself. So these all kind of, these are all, uh, these all overlap. Like all these tips, all the stuff that we're talking about, there's a lot of overlap here. But the one that we really want to focus on uh, now is don't, don't restrict yourself. So restricting food, restricting fun activities, restricting your social life. If you're making, if you're restricting things that you enjoy, that's a recipe for failure. Remember that you need to stay. The only way that you're actually going to see long-term results is if you stay consistent and you, you have to be real with yourself and, and ask yourself, Hey, can I go the rest of my life following this nutrition program? Can I go the rest of my life never eating that food that I really enjoy again? Can I go the rest of my life never having another drink? Can I go the rest of my life working out six days a week for two hours a day? If you view everything through that lens, then you are going to be able to create habits that are more sustainable. And that is absolutely crucial to long-term results. So always ask yourself, hey, I am I am I viewing this as as a as a three-week thing or a three-month thing or a, a lifetime commitment to this, to these habits. And if you if you can and and there are seasons. So maybe you're Maybe, maybe you decide, Hey, at some point I'm going, I want to compete in a physique competition or I want to do, uh, an Ironman or this or that. And yeah, 
I, when I was training for my Ironman, I was doing a heck of a lot more exercise than I typically do. And that's just what it was. And that's what I signed up for. And I knew, hey, long-term, this isn't what I want to be doing every single week for the rest of my life. But this is kind of a, a cool experience I want to have. And I'm going to, to jump in and do that. But again, I had been doing fitness for years and years and years. And I, and I had run marathons and I, I, and I knew I, and I had done half Ironmans. Like I had built that up as well. I went from running five Ks to half marathons to marathons to I did two half Ironmans. And I was like, okay, I'm, t- I'm ready for a full Ironman. So the point is, yeah, there, there can be seasons and yes, you can be doing stuff that you can decide to commit to things that are not things you will be doing forever. But what, where's the foundation? What is the foundation of health and fitness that you can commit to for your, your entire life? And, and what does, what does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, people are, it's like short-term or long-term. Uh, and when it comes to New Year's resolutions, people think more short-term, uh, specifically being do eliminating carbs, you know, or uh, remove really eating extremely healthy foods and restricting themselves to get to a certain point. Uh, so then they can say, Hey, I lost 20 pounds. And then, and then they can say that they met their goal. People uh, sacrificing time with their kids or with their, their loved ones to go be in the, tr- on the treadmill. You know, it's like, uh, people in, at New Year's, a lot of people make those restrictions place those restrictions in their lives and they don't think about the negative outcomes of number one unsustainability and number two the uh the impact that it has with the people around you and you yourself personally and how you view yourself um it's a those type of restrictions are actually very destructive um and yield so many more ripple effects than just gaining the weight back. And it's, that's something that you really need to note, um, going into the new year is like, if you do that stuff and you know that you can't sustain it for the rest of your life, it's like, you should not do it. It, You're, you're only going to be in a worse spot later on. Yeah. I I think you need to build a really, that's a great point, Anders. I think you need to build a really solid foundation, um, before you start to kind of maybe reach for some of those other goals that do require the restriction, um, like an Ironman. Yeah. There's going to be some level of some level of restriction there, right? It's, it's not going to be the ideal sustainable plan. So I think like you said, life, there are times where, yeah, you're going to have to, if you want a specific goal, you might have to restrict it a little bit. And even in general in health and fitness, sure, there's going to be times where you want to eat a, a piece of cake and you're going to have to choose the healthy meal. So like, we're not saying like, oh, everything in moderation, you know, like th- that can get really kind of like gray super quick. So I think this is one of the hardest ones. And I think this is why so many people struggle with yo-yo dieting is because moderation is a really really hard thing to achieve and it does take work and it does take a lot of intention but when you can really dial it in in a way that works for your life the results are just absolutely fantastic you can get amazing results and enjoy your life and not feel like you are you know leaving things on the table or not enjoying yourself or not having a social life so you just have to be really mindful for what that looks like for you and, and get really clear on what your goals are and what makes sense for you and what things you do still want to enjoy in life and just create a plan around that. 
that you know is going to be sustainable? Yeah, everyone that starts New Year's resolutions are looking for balance, right? It's like they want results, but they also want to live their life. And um, you get to that point with what we've been stating and what we're going to continue to state in this podcast. Um, But the one thing I will mention, and I, I want to touch on it is, I don't think the Ironman was restrictive. I think you just sacrificed for that because you have progressed in your health and fitness journey um, and have progressively got become a better athlete and have, have brought more intensity and more focus and larger goals than it has built up to that point where you have you chose to to sacrifice a period of time for growth in your health and fitness. And it wasn't a restriction necessarily because it was a commitment to yourself, whereas for people in New Year's resolutions, they restrict because they think restriction equates to goals. And so they don't understand the process to begin with. Yeah, maybe maybe that wasn't the perfect example to bring up during this because during this point, because yes, it wasn't I didn't view it as restriction, maybe a little bit of a restriction in my free time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but other than that, it wasn't it wasn't a restriction. It was just like, OK, I, I typically am hanging out at a level six. Let's bump that up to a 9.5. It was just a, a, a new ambitious goal. That's that's what it was. Yeah. So it uh it was just further doing the things that I that I tip, that I normally do. Yeah. Maybe Which in a slightly badass. different totally slightly different fashion. But yeah. yeah, I yeah, all all good points. I think I think um to go off of what you were saying a little bit Jake, I do think I do think yeah, the the term moderation it gets thrown around a lot. And well, balance those too, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I I do think it's a valuable word in the context of what we're discussing. And and I I tend to think most people would be best served by not by uh like you brought up the example of of cake. And if you really love cake, then I think that should be in your your nutrition plan. That doesn't that doesn't mean you're eating as much as you want to eat, right? And that's where where moderation starts starts being a a vocab word that will will include in the conversation. But it it could just be, hey, I normally have I normally have a full slice of cake, and I'm going to have half a slice, and I normally have it every day. I'm going to have it once a week, and just. So, so that, that's if, a better way to look at it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, that's how I read into it when you said it. Yeah. So, I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean the, I didn't, I, I made it sound very black and white, but it's like, yeah, maybe instead of saying, Hey, you know, sometimes I want to eat the cake, but I need to eat the healthier option instead. Maybe it's, Hey, sometimes I want to eat four slices of cake and I need to eat one instead. You it's know, it's like you can still have self- it, but yeah, you need self-control to have moderation. And I think you can also you can also make healthier versions of these things. So Absolutely. just yesterday, just yesterday, we were recording a video on some some smoothies that I really love making, and one of them was nice cream. So it's just frozen bananas blended up with some protein powder and and plant milk. Super simple, also really nutritious, and. Yeah, fruit's not bad for you. Anyone who thinks fruit makes you fat is not. That's not accurate. Uh, an excess of calories is what causes weight gain. And if 
all those calories come from fruit, then yeah, fruit can make you fat. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the point is I, I love ice cream, but I very rarely eat it. I, I love Ben and Jerry's, the cookie dough ice cream. Man, my stomach is so, growling. So good. But, <laughs> but, uh, there are healthier versions of these things that you can make. And I think, um, and that's, that's kind of the main way that I like to practice moderation is I still can, can have similar kinds of foods. I just, uh, create a healthier version of it. Yeah. Anyways, that is, well, it. yeah, I, I think, uh, no, I was just going to say that that kind of leads us into our next point is the opposite of don't restrict it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is do things that you love. Oh my. Um, oh, you know, it's not like the, it's not the opposite. It's the exact, it's kind of the same thing. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, it's the opposite of restriction. It's the opposite of restriction, but you, you have to do things you love for your journey to be sustainable and to get results long term. I mean, like, I hate getting on a stationary bike. I don't know why anyone would want to do it. That's just my opinion. So guess what? I don't do that. I do the things that I love. I love lifting weights. I love I do like running sometimes. Um, I'll ride a regular bike. Those are all things that I enjoy. So at this point in my journey, I get excited about those. So I want to go to the gym because it feels good. I actually enjoy the process of it. So, you know, fitness is not one size fits all. You don't have to do these certain amount of things for you to get results. I mean, yes, there's general structures to fitness programs if you want to have a certain body. But honestly, like if you're just starting, my personal opinion is that the best exercise program for you is the one that you enjoy. And then you build off of that depending on what your specific goals are. I think that's true across the board. Even for me, I I truly enjoy weightlifting. Not every single workout, but I I love the process of sculpting my body and pushing my body with weights. Did with you resistance. did you like it in the very beginning? Um I think I liked the I think I liked the idea of it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked I liked the the potential behind what I knew weightlifting could deliver. Action before belief. Yeah. Yeah, good good point. So I, yeah, actually, no, I didn't really love lifting. I felt, I went into the gym. I felt really self-conscious. I didn't know what I was doing. Everybody else in there was stronger than me. I felt like I didn't belong. And it took, took a while to, to develop that. The, the thing that was immediate for me when I first started lifting was a realization that I had the potential of creating something that was solely my choice. Yeah. I think that is what I fell in love with in, in fitness. That's what I fell in love with before actually truly loving fitness I, or truly loving what I was doing. I loved the fact that I, I had complete control over, over my life in this aspect. 100%. And I could, I could, I could change. I could, I could put in effort and see actual differences in my physique and my strength and that allowed me to build confidence i didn't have yeah i was just curious and the way um, the more i think about it it's like it you did enjoy it the entire time even in the beginning because what you latched onto is the outcome from lifting essentially which is 
I actually didn't I didn't get uh much results for the first for the first bit. Yeah. We always I we just, always do it wrong in the beginning. I just yeah, I wasn't lifting <laughs> uh, I process. wasn't lifting correctly, but I I was looking I was reading like bodybuilding.com and and I I really I really love the idea of building a chiseled physique. And that's that was something that excited me. So that's what carried me through the the initial difficulty. But yeah, the the I think this it's absolutely vital to, especially in the beginning, really do stuff that you truly love. Like ask yourself, what is one form of exercise if you are not currently on a on a regular exercise program? What is one form of exercise that you love? Sure, you might go online and say, hey, I want I want to lose 20 pounds. And someone says, oh, the best thing is to lower your calories and go lift weights. And yeah, that's going to have pretty good results. And I I agree with that. Maybe being the the uh, quote unquote ideal path, but it's only as ideal as you make it. And if you are not actually doing it, then it doesn't matter what is theoretically ideal. So a much better approach if you are just like, hey, I've tried the gym thing and it's just not for me. What do you love doing? You love tennis? You love, we were talking about pickleball earlier. You love pickleball? <laughs> you love going riding bikes? It's a good workout though. Yeah. <laughs> go do that. Yeah. Go sign up for this stuff. Go get a friend. Go, go say, hey, we're going to play pickleball an hour uh, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And then we're going to add another hour a month from now and and just build some sustainability there and just get into a routine where you're moving your body. Yes. That's that's what matters. Do something you freaking enjoy and also choose healthy foods, but choose healthy foods that you like. Don't say, "Oh yeah, I need to eat eggplant or and mushrooms because that's what oh, what's going gosh. to get me going to get me fit or I need to eat protein powder or this or that." Who cares what other people say? Find something that you really love. This is when habit building and setting your standards become so powerful. When you do something you love, you are setting the habit, you are setting the standard that you're an active person, whatever that looks like for you. Like you said, it does not have to be lifting weights. It does not have to be eating a certain food. But over time, you set the standard that you are somebody who moves their body. You are somebody who eats healthy foods that you enjoy. And then if you have specific goals, whether it is building muscle, whether it is doing a bodybuilding show or an Ironman or whatever it is, it is going to be a lot easier to make the sacrifice because you have built the foundation that you are a healthy person and you can manifest that in different ways. And it becomes easier to try new things and potentially find new loves because you might not have a love right away. So I think that's why it's so important is because you get into the standard of I am a healthy person who plays pickleball every day and eats these healthy foods. You do that for enough years, that's going to become your identity. And from that identity, you can build upon that. But if you're starting from ground zero and trying to build this identity around something that you don't love, it is going to make it so much harder for you. That's a great point. I did not start my fitness journey in the gym. I started my fitness journey running. Just put on some shoes, and I went out the door and started jogging around. I started doing that in middle school, and I wasn't half bad, so I joined the cross-country team, and then I started doing decent 
in in my running. I was kind of like upper middle of the pack. Uh, so it wasn't wasn't anything great, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. I loved getting out and running with my friends. And I did cross country through high school. Absolutely loved it. I, two of my all-time closest friends are from my high school cross-country team. That was a really enjoyable experience for me. I didn't, I didn't love, I didn't love days that we had meets because I would get uh, super nervous and and kind of freak out about it. And I didn't, I didn't love every part of training. Uh, hill repeats, mile, mile repeats. There were stuff that I didn't enjoy doing, but I loved the environment and I loved moving my body. I loved being outside and that formed the foundation of me viewing myself as something of an athlete. And I said, hey, I am someone who moves my body on a regular basis. I am somebody who cares about my level of fitness. That's what started it. And then I started applying that same mindset in the gym when I became interested in starting to build some more confidence and starting to build my physique. And I started doing that in college. And that was a really, uh, that was a, a, a somewhat difficult experience at first because it was a new it was a new kind of form of fitness and I was applying myself in different ways, but I had formed the foundation really doing something I loved and I came to love weightlifting after I I started kind of really getting it down. So that's a great point. I didn't start in the gym and actually honors you didn't either. I did actually. Well, you were playing tennis. Oh, was, well, I, I sat on the, <laughs> the bench. That's what I did. Yeah. Oh, well, you love yeah. tennis. I, I, I do really enjoy tennis. You weren't tennis. very good, but you um, loved it. <laughs> I I actually started playing tennis after I started lifting, actually, uh, because I started lifting oh, when you? I was 16. Yeah. Okay. I didn't uh, know that. Actually. And so I, I was actually going to chime in right there and, and, and say, it's like, there. I think people have an understanding of things that they enjoy. But for me, I went from... Um, a kid that literally would just quarantine himself in the basement and play video games. And I didn't know if I, any type of exercise that I enjoyed doing. Um, and I didn't know if I would even enjoy any like goal within health and fitness either. Um, and so I think it's important to note, it's like, if you don't know what you enjoy or what you feel like you would get latched onto, it's like you, you have to try. Um, and I, and I ended up going with friends uh, before school uh, to the gym and I didn't know what I was doing, but I felt the uh, the first time I went to the gym, I felt the feeling of being able to build something on my own and have control of it. And, uh, you know, this is going to sound kind of funny, but going from video games where it's like you can't control the outcome of playing with other people. Uh, really, unless except for getting better, I this was just me in my ele- my element, my environment, and it was allowing me to build where I wanted to build. And so I latched on to that because I just started to enjoy it. And luckily, that was a thing that I I, I started to to latch on to. Um, and so you just need to find your thing through trial and error sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. I in the world of entrepreneurship, I 
you always hear people talk about, hey, pursue your passion. Well, regardless of whether you are uh, want to start your own business or you want to find a career that really matters to you, like or relationships, follow, you follow your passion. And I hear people all the time asking, oh, how do I find my passion? Uh, <laughs> you just try lots of <laughs> try things stuff. that you think are cool. <laughs> right. You just, oh, yep. that looks cool. I think I want to try that. Oh, I tried that. I don't like that. Okay, cool. Cross that off the list. Let's try try other things. The same thing is is what you should be applying to to fitness. Hey, what do I if if you have never really exercised at all in your life? Okay. Just just uh you you probably know a bunch of sports that you've watched that seem interesting or activities that that have piqued your interest. Just start doing it. Even even golf, you walk what five miles doing golf? Like the, yeah. playing gonna, drums. Yeah. Playing doesn't drums. Even have, it yeah. does not even have to be like a, a proper exercise. Playing drums. Yeah. Playing like the Wii. E- even something as small as that. Like I the or whatever Wii. VR, whatever <laughs> VR games they have. <laughs> I don't know. It is the Wii still a thing? Like, I, I I think so, but that's so old school though. Okay, I'm sorry. Whatever the metaverse connect. I don't know. The point is do stuff that you enjoy because if you don't, you're not going to stick with it. And ultimately, the people who accomplish their health and fitness goals are the ones who can stick with it over the long term. All right, let's jump into tip number six. All right, so tip number six is to get really clear on your why. So this goes far beyond weight loss or muscle growth or whatever your actual goals might be. Having those clear goals is really important, but your why is the fuel behind those goals that propels you from where you are now to where you want to be. And that is the, that's, that's why getting clear on your why is so incredibly important. So if your goal is weight loss, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Get really honest with yourself. Get kind of, it's, uh, your why should actually be kind of emotional. It should really, it should kind of pull at the, the inner kind of parts of you and, uh, just getting clear on, on saying, Hey, I want to lose 20 pounds because I, I'm tired of looking in the mirror and feeling the way I feel about myself. I'm tired of going to buy clothes and feeling like nothing fits, fits properly. I'm tired of skipping the beach trip with my friends because I don't want to be seen in a bathing suit. I, I'm i tired of not setting the right example for my kids or I'm tired of not being able to keep up with them and, and run around and play games with them and I just get winded. So those are some examples of what your why might be behind the goal. Setting goals is great, but why do you want to accomplish those? Ultimately, the why is what's going to push you there Having a nice, having a goal is great, but you need the why. Yeah, I, I would even say too, I, I think having a why that is based around yourself is fantastic, but also having one that is outside of yourself can be really powerful. So whether that is for family uh, or your kids or whatever, for me personally, you know, one of my goals is to maintain muscle and be lean as a vegan because I want to set the example for what a vegan is to spread this message, to help animals, to help the earth, to help other people. So on the days when I don't feel like doing, you know, a workout or eating healthy, I can reflect back on that why and understand that, hey, there's something outside of myself that is counting on me 
to set that example and, and make a difference. And that has motivated me many days. That drives me too. And that's, I mean, that's what, what our brand's all about really. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it's no, no surprise. We all vibe with that, but, uh, yeah, the same, I feel the same way about just working on the vegan gym because I, I very much view it as like, Hey, I, there most days I'm working long hours, but I, one, I love what I do, but two, even if it feels, even if the hours feel long and I feel tired, I just, I look at, uh, what animals go through and I think, you know what, first of all, I have nothing to complain about. And second of all, every, every little thing that I do every single day, whether that's sending an, an email or, uh, creating a marketing campaign or writing podcast notes, every single little thing that I'm doing there is moving one little baby step closer to helping those animals. And so that is a really big why for, uh, for driving that's, that's been driving me for the last six years since we, since we started the vegan gym. Yeah. I think um, have, being able to focus on something bigger than yourself, it gives you a lot of purpose and, and passion um, to continue to better yourself and to want to want have the desire to better those around you uh, for ever. Um, and I think the, the why is something that solidify and, and etches your standards in stone because then it becomes a non-negotiable. Um, I, you know, it's like anybody can say standards, um, and say, uh, fancy things or attractive things, but in order to hold yourself accountable to that, you do need to have a a reason as to why. And typically it's something standards are typically something that's bigger, bigger than yourself because you have, you're trying to fulfill something, uh, to leave kind of, I don't want to really use this. I'm going to use this word, but it's, I think it's used differently in, in different senses, but legacy, I think that's what those, that ties into. Well, it's deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, on your why? I would just say that it's really important to know that motivation fades very quickly and having a strong why is going to create discipline for you to get things done after that motivation fades. Motivation is not going to last, but you can cultivate it on a daily basis by tapping into a deep why. I was just about to say motivation is a tool. The, yes. The, uh, the why it is kind of like the, 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 the road. Yeah. Andre's favorite phrase is motivation is fickle and fleeting. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my least favorite phrase. <laughs> I've heard Liz say that hundreds of times. In the oh, past. hundred. That is that's not true. Uh, yeah, it was like a few years ago. I we were uh, pulling together. It was actually a live stream in one of our uh, in one of our Facebook groups, and I I I wrote that line down, and then I said it. And Anders is like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> and he really hates it. But I, I don't know. It just it, I, it obviously it makes sense, but it's just like it, I just don't like it. It does sound weird, but it is. Uh, it that is what motivation kind of ultimately is. All right. So that's, that's uh, tip number six. Tip number seven is to get a coach. So 
cutting your learning curve by getting someone in your corner who has accomplished the things that you want to accomplish and knows the exact roadmap to help you accomplish those things is invaluable. I was, uh, we've been doing a coaching interview rounds. Uh, we're looking for our next coaches that we're going to bring onto our team. And I was uh, just having this conversation with a guy uh, named Christian and he, he said, he, he phrased this in a really cool way. I, I asked, what does being a coach mean to you? And he, he, he was giving a really great answer. But one little phrase that stuck out to me is he said, um, uh, he was like a coach. Uh, let's say that you're, you're on kind of like this, your, your path to your goals is kind of like this rocky path. And he's like, my, my job as a coach is to move all the rocks out of the path and then walk alongside with you. And you're, you still need to walk the, the path. You still need to put in that effort, but I will move all the, the main obstacles from your path and I'm going to walk alongside with you. And. I just thought that was what really, is he Moses? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a I thought that was a cool, no, it is, it is cool, cool way of viewing it. Oh. I I've I've heard like the walk the path analogy, but but talking about it in terms of like, hey, I'm moving moving these obstacles, moving these rocks out of the path, so you don't you're not stumbling, you're not getting frustrated, and it's it's uh you still need to put in the work, but it's it's a clear path forward. So. That's basically what uh, what getting a coach is all about. It's it's a shortcut from where you are to where you want to be, and it's also getting constant reassurance that you are doing the right things. It's it can be really lonely to be on your fitness journey by yourself, and you can have friends and family cheering you on, but who is actually in your corner, kind of following your progress and making sure that yes, you do have everything dialed in, like. Yeah, your your weight crept up a little bit this week, but that's just water weight. Don't worry about that. Focus on the bigger picture, and then, and and that's often the thing that that people need to to continue their consistency. I I, I would argue that you have to have that. Uh, you know, it's, I I don't think that I don't know anybody that is just holds himself accountable and they don't need anyone around them. And it's just them, you know, it's like every single person that has is successful in whatever area of life that you're looking into, they have a, a, a group of people that are holding them accountable to some degree and providing that reassurance, um, or mentors and so forth. Uh, everyone talks to people that, uh, and grow with other people. I think I think you can be successful on your own. I think that having people around you multiplies that success. And also based off of what you said, Leif, I think the word shortcut is actually not the right word. I think it's a more efficient path because you're not shortcutting anything as far as the valuable skills and knowledge um, and habits that you form working with a coach. It is just a more efficient way to get there. I would say it's a smarter way. Okay. Smarter way. Yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It's just like as somebody who has personally been successful on my own multiple times and having worked with a coach in the past, I can say that, yeah, working with a coach was way more streamlined and it just felt a lot better. I just felt more dialed in. So 
you know, can you be successful on your own to a certain extent? But if you want to be more efficient, if you want to get there in a shorter amount of time and you want to multiply that success, that's where I think a coach comes in. Yeah. So, yeah, for for context, for someone that has a New Year's resolution goal um, and it's been repeated uh, year after year or you're going into the new year and you have literally no idea of how to get started. Um, what a coach would do is, number one, give you the step by step process to give you the confidence to move forward and knowing for a fact that this resolution is going to be met and you will be able to accomplish it and be at a completely different point in your life where you look at yourself confidently and positively. Um, and then two, you learn how to do it correctly. Uh, so you never resort back to where you started from. And so it's a, a coach uh, it, is your guide uh, along that path. And as long as you get someone that has done the thing that you're wanting to do, it is the smartest decision that you can possibly make uh, by, by committing to a coach and investing into yourself. There are coaches that out there that you can get to, uh, but haven't done what you want to do. And so they can't lead you. It's like they, you need to find a guy that has done the thing that you have done uh, or want to do rather. Um, and uh, that's what's going to allow you to uh, be able to be as efficient and as effective as you possibly can be through this whole process. And there are going to be dark to it, dark <laughs> there are going to be dark days yeah. along your journey. Absolutely. And having somebody in your corner who can help you through those times is it, it's incredible. Indi it's indescribable. Um, the, the feeling of having that support on your in the depths. And if you compare that with a super awesome community, uh, of like-minded people who are trying to accomplish the same things, it makes it 10 times better. So we have a an online vegan fitness coaching program, the Vegan Superhero Academy. It is by basically all measurable metrics, uh, the best vegan fitness coaching program in the world, which yeah, I'm humbled to be able to say. So that's pretty cool. And uh, you can head to thevegangym.com and learn more about our program. Uh, if, but just get a coach. Like, I don't care if you join our program or, or work with someone else. If you are constantly going through this process of setting New Year's resolutions, not getting anywhere, getting frustrated, giving up, and then saying, okay, next year is going to be different. If you are constantly going through that process, yes, all these other tips that we're talking about are going to be helpful. That's part, part of the change that needs to happen in your life. But you really need to get someone to, uh, to be in your corner through that, through that journey to ensure that you are actually going to accomplish your goals and feel really good about the process and know that it's not going to be a short-term change. You can know with confidence that's going to be a long-term lifestyle change and you can commit to that for the long-term. So our main goal in our coaching program is to have our clients fire us because our goal uh, our overarching goal with our brand is to uh, help a million vegans get into the best shape of their lives because the more healthy and fit vegans there are in the world, the faster veganism is going to spread. And I know if we just help people lose 20 pounds and then they're just going to yo-yo back and, and gain it all back, we haven't done anything to accomplish our mission. And that's that would be useless. So 
that's uh, that's not all what we're about. So if you want lasting change and you want to get a coach, I would recommend checking out our program. Uh, just head to thevegangym.com. But if you know someone else who you feel like is uh, going to be a really great coach for you, awesome. Please just take that step and commit to getting a coach because I think it will change your life in some really massive ways. So those are our seven tips for making sure that this time that this New Year's resolution uh, period is the last time you're saying New Year's resolutions. You can set New Year's goals, but let's stop. Let's cut out the, the resolution part and let's actually make real changes, real lasting changes and uh, set ourselves up for long-term success. So really hope that you enjoy this conversation. Do you guys have anything else? Let's do it. Take the first step. Take the first step. Take action. Action comes before belief. That's all I got to say. And speaking of action, it's uh, really awesome that you've listened this whole way through the podcast. Kudos to you. I hope that you picked up some valuable tips. But ultimately, if you don't go through and start taking action based on the stuff that we talked about here, it's... Listening to this podcast was really no better than spending this time watching Netflix or something. So yeah, thank you for for investing your time in in us. I don't uh, I don't take that that uh, responsibility lightly. But please do something with that. Please actually take action and and start making those changes. And I think probably the best way of of taking action. If, if this is something that you're really serious about is starting to look for a coach and, and your coach can help you with all these other tips, can help you really get clear on this. This is all stuff that we do in the Vegan Superhero Academy. So you can check that out if you're interested. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Hope that you enjoy this episode and we'll catch you in the next one. To get access to some of our best content for free, head over to thevegangym.com. We've got tons of articles and guides to help you burn stubborn body fat, building muscle, and supercharge your health. You can even use our vegan nutrition calculator for free to figure out how much protein, calories, and micronutrients your body needs. Get started right now at thevegangym.com.